I think it's going to look very different. And I think it's going to be a much different film, really. If all you need is a pause and set, the, set your jaw. It's a fun character to play. And the working relationship is real good with Mark and Carrie and with Kirsten. I love to come to work, so uh, Han probably comes off as a guy who loves to come to work. That's true. That's what we need. I like the process of doing these films, and I like the people that are involved in it. I like the script. I mean, I, George Lucas's brain, I like his brain. Something as large as Star Wars, which is a very, very complicated kind of movie, it really needs a lot of people all working together to make it happen. At least 40 or 50 people intimately involved on the creative level, between the screenplay and the directing and the special effects and the sound and the music and just the overall productions. A lot of people make a significant contribution to a film like this. We hope there'll be another one, another Star Wars. The film will have to speak for itself, and when the time comes, the film will have its voice. You know, it all depends on this one. Really, it does. Hello, and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast number 147. My name is John, and today we are here to celebrate The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, joining me today is Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hey. And uh, for the first time on the show, our friend Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Mike, we've uh, known for a while and uh, actually hung out with uh, last year at Star Wars Celebration. Mike, you're a, a greater Chicagoland area guy uh, like like myself and uh, uh, like Ryan was until he, he left and, and moved out to Colorado. So... Uh, we're all Midwesterners here, and uh, I think we're all yeah we're all around the same age and, and uh, all that too. So it's good to have you on the show, uh, um, and uh, to to get the chance to chat again after after hanging out last year at Star Wars Celebration. Um, we were gonna meet up last year, Mike, at uh, at Juliet Star Wars Days, and uh, it didn't work out. And I was looking forward to to going again this year. But uh, obviously, you know, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of knew it was going to happen. And then once I got the notification, it was like, dang. Because that's, that's been impressive every year. Just this small little local event has turned into like a mini celebration almost for the area. So it's, it's a really cool event. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would have been super fun. So hopefully that'll be back um, next year. And if it is, I will be there for sure. Um, but yeah, so so anyway, today we're we're gonna do uh, an episode on the Empire Strikes Back. So um, in in typical fashion for this podcast, we're like slightly tardy because uh, the uh, the anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back um, was I think Thursday, right, or Friday, um, a couple days ago. So we're recording a couple days after the the anniversary here. But um, you know, as we were getting ready to do the show, prepping it, whatever, um, it, it occurred to me and it we haven't really ever done a show focused on the empire strikes back, uh, which is, you know, kind of weird because it's a lot of people's favorite star Wars movie, my favorite star Wars movie. Um, and it's just like a monumental, uh, film in the series. And, and we've never really focused on it too much or, or done a, a podcast dedicated to that movie specifically. Um, as far as I know. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be good to just kind of chat about empire today. Um, and so, we're just going to talk about uh, some of our favorite elements of the movie, favorite scenes and characters, stuff like that, um, and hopefully have a, a fun conversation about The Empire Strikes Back, and uh, that is the plan. So, 
um, why don't we jump in and just talk about like, I guess it's a, it's a pretty big question to, to open up with here, but um, the favorite uh, kind of quality or component of the Empire Strikes Back. Um, that's how I, I listed it here in the notes. So um, I can kick that off or Brian, uh, you, you were a little aggressive pre-show here about um, wanting to be called on first for certain <laughs> questions. So, I mean, I, I guess I could let you go first or Mike, if you want to. Um, oh, no, no, Ryan can go. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was a joke that went too far and now I'm on the spot. All right. <laughs> um, so I think my favorite quality of Empire is I feel like it was the first and probably the last uh, Star Wars film that was allowed to defy expectations of the audience. Um, I feel like Empire Strikes Back gets away with a ton um, in the way it like surprises and challenges the audience. And uh, and I feel like that's not really, you know, all the films that followed. I mean, starting with Return of the Jedi, you know, faced significant backlash for not being, you know, the same as the thing that came before. And I think that's, um, you know, not to um, make the com- conversation too meta, but I think it's, you know, a testament to a great quality of The Empire Strikes Back. And that is like, it really took what was, you know, it took the a phenomenon, like A New Hope was a phenomenon and like culturally. And then, you know, it challenged the audience in so many ways um, with what they expected of a sequel to, um, you know, to A New Hope. I mean, like there's there's no way that like trying to think back to audiences in like 1980 or even, you know, 77 to 80, like imagining what the, the next star Wars movie was going to be. I don't think any of them were any audience member was like, yeah, I think it's going to get like super philosophical in a swamp (laughs) with like this weird senile Muppet. Like, I mean, that's, I don't think that's what people were expecting, but then, you know, people got that and I'm sure there was some backlash. Like there's, you know, I've, I've seen a few like negative Empire Strikes Back reviews from the time um, floating around out there. But for the most part, I think people really responded to those, uh, to those choices. And I think that's something like really special and cool. Yeah, well said, uh, for sure. I mean, like the, it, it defied expectations. I mean, it set that precedent that a Star Wars movie could do that. It's interesting you say that it's like the last time that was allowed. Um, but I guess that's kind of true because after Empire, you know, Star Wars grew into this thing where um, people did have expectations. And I mean, because, you know, you said that and I thought, well, the prequels certainly defied expectations. But I guess, you know, you you could definitely say they weren't really allowed to. They just did it anyway, you know? Yes, so, exactly. Uh, well, and yeah, I'm not saying that like Star Wars movies haven't tried to do that since. Right. I mean, we see that with the prequels, The Last Jedi and such. But yeah, yeah but there's also like considerable backlash. And at that. the time, you know, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine, yeah, sitting down, you know, three years after the first one and, and thinking that that's what we we're going to get. You know, I mean, the first one was such a, a different, more lighthearted, you know, I can't imagine walking out of the theater after, after seeing something like that, you know. And uh, 
I like, I don't know about you guys, but like for me, it's hard to look sometimes at the original trilogy as these separate movies, because when I saw them, it was just like almost the same day, like one, two, three, you know, mm-hmm. four, five, six, you know, so there was no time in between to, you know, speculate or to expect what was going to come next. Cause I could just pop in what, what came next. So I guess it didn't, although it's, it's a lot different, you know, like Ryan said, you know, a lot more philosophical, you know, deeper, darker. Um, I, I didn't, I guess, view it personally as a departure from the first movie. It was just building on that first movie. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think my favorite component of Empire is all of the the Dagobah stuff and like the mystical elements of the movie and the way it expands on the concept of the Force. And uh, I was, you know, as I was putting the notes together and just, I rewatched Empire yesterday, I was thinking about like how little of that stuff there there is kind of in a new hope you know uh i mean it certainly introduces it the, the force is like a, a really compelling concept in a new hope and you do have obi-wan um you know kind of talking about that stuff a little bit but like it really is so minor in a new hope in comparison to like how it's fleshed out in the empire strikes back and uh yeah, I mean, like if if the Empire Strikes Back had been a different, you know, sort of sequel to a new hope or a different kind of story or whatever, uh, I just feel like the Force, which is to me like the most compelling thing about like Star Wars, you know, the Jedi and the Force and all that kind of stuff is what I love the most. And so, um, I don't know. I, I just feel like Star Wars could have gone way more in the direction of like Top Gun in space or something and focused less on, um, you know, the the mythical and mystical and, and you know Force type stuff. So that's like for me one of the things that I, I love so much or the thing that I do love the most about The Empire Strikes Back. And I think it's something that um, was really, you know, I think obviously that's reverberated throughout the rest of Star Wars in general. Um, I think it was really important. So uh, it's it's like, it would be easy to look at Star Wars and say, well, that's the blueprint and that set everything, you know, for what Star Wars is going to be. And then it's just been sequels since then. Um, I think as, you know, people who love Star Wars a lot, obviously, there's uh, a lot more to it than that. And, and every movie kind of adds new things and, and whatever. But, um, you know, I feel like by the time you get to Jedi, the concept is kind of set in place. And then Jedi does feel more like a sequel. But to me, like Empire is, um, it was essential in, in kind of laying down like what Star Wars is still, you know, rather than just kind of iterating on that. So, so Mike, uh, for you, like favorite quality or component, did we kind of touch on that? Or is there something else that you would want to? No, I think... I think out of out of the movie, I think my favorite quality is just not even how much darker it is because it always gets billed as, as the darker feature and understand it's understandable. There's a lot of um, darker moments, but just how they were able to kind of subvert expectations and take these characters that you you met in the first film and just dive a lot deeper with all of them. You know, they kind of right at the beginning of the movie, you know, they, they separated, you know, them and they're both going along their, their own journeys up until the end, but uh, just how deep they were able to go and really build on those characters. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. The first movie. Right. And I think building on off of um, what Mike said there is, like yeah it's you know it's ex- it's expanding like what we know about these characters and giving them new challenges but it's also like it really humanizes the characters 
um, in a way that, like, you know, a, a, a bunch of bad stuff happens to Luke in A New Hope. Like, horrible stuff happens to him, and he sees, like, people you know, he cares about die. He sees a planet explode and all this. And then like the next scene, like he's fine. And like, um, and it just kind of, uh, you know, it just moves at like a fast clip. Um, and I think with Empire Strikes Back, like there's so much like dwelling on like doubt. There's, there's a love story front and center in the film um, you know, there's just all these thematic questions around, you know, loyalty and family and all this stuff that's like, it's just like, it's so thematically rich. And it, you know, it, it makes, and I don't want to say like characters in a new hope or one dimensional, but they were definitely archetypes that were just being established. And like this empire strikes back just does such a good job of like really just challenging those characters and showing us who they really are, which is like, just they're not all Buck Rogers. They're not just like these perfect action heroes. And I think that's also really special. One sort of uh, last thing, I guess I, I, I couldn't uh, limit myself to just one kind of quality or component here with Empire. I, I got to shout out the, uh, the dialogue um, in, in Empire because, uh, I mean, the dialogue is great and A New Hope as well, too. But I just I really feel like um, you get a uh, the, the Lawrence Kazan dialogue is like fantastic in Empire Strikes Back. And I was watching again yesterday and it's just like every 30 seconds or every, you know, minute or two, there's some like classic great line in there. And, uh, I, I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark not too long ago too. Um, also of course, written by Lawrence Kasdan, uh, right before writing Empire actually. And, uh, you know, that, that movie as well is just like full of, you know, brilliant dialogue. And, uh, yeah, I think Empire is the, uh, the best dialogue of the original trilogy, you know, probably the best dialogue of any Star Wars movie. And, um, that's, that's another component of, uh, of empire that makes it, you know, uh, really, um, special, I think. So. Yeah. The dialogue was, was really good. And, um, you know, I know that that's what gets <clears throat> knocked a little bit, uh, come the prequel era is that, you know, that's always one of the complaints leveled with the prequels is the dialogue was wooden or it felt, you know, and, and in the original trilogy, you know, you had Kazan, you had, um, the, I believe it was the Hayek's on the on a new hope right. um, you know and lucas really benefited from having these people that he trusted kind of you know he would write the first draft and they would come in and do a little polishing and, and, and tighten it up a little bit and uh, it's definitely felt in the original trilogy but yeah empire you know specifically versus the other movies yeah yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the thing too is like, okay, well, the, the prequel dialogue is, is pretty rough sometimes for sure. Um, and you miss Lawrence Kasdan's touch with the prequels. I do. Uh, and it's, it's wild because, uh, George asked him to, to do those. Um, he wasn't interested. He turned it down. So it's wild to think about what the prequels might've been like, um, had he been involved. Um, but you know, the thing with like this Lawrence Kasdan dialogue and, and empire and, Star Wars in general is it does have it still has that like 
I don't know, classic Hollywood, 40s and 50s, melodramatic, you know, it has all that, like that vibe, you know, which I think is part of, you know, George is, is, is going for something kind of stylized with the dialogue in Star Wars. And uh, yeah, Kasdan was just able to, I think, still evoke that kind of throwback, you know, serial movies, um, classic Hollywood kind of style, but then also have it be really clever and witty and, and fun. Um, so yeah, he, he definitely um, was, the, was the right guy for the job as far as all that goes. But And then also like adding on to that, I mean, there's uh, plenty of urban legends around uh, some of the dialogue being improvised on set as well by by the actors and you know i think um i've heard you know i've heard a lot of different stories over the years about like what lines were maybe improvised what which ones weren't etc but i think just um you know just what all like the delivery of lines is so much more confident in this film um than in a new hope um just because i think the you know the actors understand their characters better they understand what you know george was going for um with the film and um and so yeah i think you know the delivery is also um a huge part of it because like you can have a, a film with great great writing great dialogue a great script but you know if the if the actors are off with it, then, you know, it's not going to work. Yeah, Harrison Ford had made that comment about, you know, George, you can, you can write this stuff, but you can't say it. But mm-hmm. by the second movie, you know, they've been saying it. They had that whole first, you know, first movie to get into character, understand the language of the film. So by the second film is now they, they can say it. And, and because they believe it, now the audience believes it. Some of that stuff, you know, you don't even bat an eye on it anymore because you just believe the characters. Yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think like going into making a new hope or in the process of making a new hope, it's like George is really the only one probably who truly gets what Star Wars is, you know what I mean? Because it's in his head. And, you know, once they made that first film, then I think like, you know, for, for all parties involved, including the actors, like you're saying, like, um, you know, what it's supposed to be and how it's supposed to be, I think is, you know, obviously would be a lot more clear to them at that point. So, uh, yeah, all, all, all true, you know, like, uh, Lawrence Kasdan's dialogue is killer, but yeah, it, it, it does require, um, or it does benefit from like incredible performances from especially Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, uh, Mark Hamill, Billy D, um, fantastic as well. So, uh, yeah, from everybody really. Yeah, and it requires great direction, too, which yes. is uh, something this film has. Yes, yes. And here's the thing, like with this being the 40th anniversary of Vampire Strikes Back, and with me anyways, like listening to like a billion Star Wars podcasts every week, um, like in this last week uh, or two, there's been like so many good Empire retrospectives. And, I, and I'm going to link to some of those in the show notes, but um, one in particular is uh, the Blast Points episode that those guys did a week or two back. And that was really um, focused on Irvin Kirshner um, and like a tribute to him, which I thought was uh, a great way to kind of celebrate um, the the anniversary here in Empire. So um, yeah, you know, I'm sure uh, Kirsch will come up a little bit um, throughout our conversation, but uh, for like a deep dive into um, you know, his impact on the movie and stuff, I would say uh, check out that episode and I will, I will link to it in the notes. 
Well, Mark is an accomplished actor. He has great technique, humor, um, very generous in spirit, tries, always tries to do his best. That's as much as you can ask for an actor. He's, uh, he's created this character for himself. I find it uh, very fortunate to have someone that gives me no problems and that I can deal with on a very direct level. Harrison Ford is a joy. Harrison, in some ways, is, um, well, he's altogether different in temperament from Mark. Harrison delves into himself all the time, and uh, he's never satisfied. And he, he has to, uh, he creates problems for himself that in the solution gives him the results that he wants. Both are capable of beautiful performances, but both operate from a different center. Carrie's another individual. Carrie is, uh, I think, a born actress. Han! She has a stunning voice. I had nothing to do with it. Great intelligence. Give the evacuation code signal. And tries to please. She's always, I mean, that seems to be the thing that she tries the hardest. She wants to please. I often have to push her a little bit, not to take an easy way out, because she thinks she's pleasing me that way, but to, uh, to do it the way her intelligence and sensitivity really uh, tells her to do it. And she gets back to her own center that way, and she's, I think, very beautiful and very rich. And she's great fun. And I like people. That are um, okay, so that's like a, a kind of a weedy, you know, sort of topic or question to kick off with here, as far as looking at uh, Empire. So, um, next couple are are a little, uh, a little lighter, I would say. So why don't we why don't we move on to the next one, which is um, favorite supporting character? Uh, Ryan, why don't you kick it off and tell me who your favorite supporting character in Empire is and and why? Yeah, I mean it's. Okay, like, I, I am limiting myself to supporting characters who play, like, you know, characters who play a singular role. Um, because Empire has so many great main characters um, across the board. So I, I really had to kind of rack my brain on this one. But supporting character, definitely the Wampa. Um, I think that, uh, that, that weird yeti uh, living on Hoth is uh s scary and cool looking and um i think is that is that the first time we see blood in star wars no uh because you have the um uh what's it Pandababa's uh arm in... oh true yep in the cantina okay yeah. but it's just like when i think of blood in star wars that's what i think of because it's so like it's so uh, bright and apparent and contrasting with the snow. Like it's, it's pure red on white. And, um, you know, I love, I love that whole scene. Um, you know, I love, um, you know, the, the reason that scene exists, like us getting to see, you know, Luke using his, uh, you know, using the force a little bit as a power and, um, but I think like the Wampa just like really, really makes it. Um, and I remember like, um, you know, liking that 
that character, that creature a ton, like watching the movies, like as a, as a kid and stuff. And then I remember being like, so excited playing shadows of the empire on N64 and like starting off on Hoth and that when then going into like the weird third person segments and like there being wampas <laughs> in, in there. Um, and yeah, I just, I love that design and I love, uh, you know, what they represent and how they look in the film. Too bad they didn't keep that deleted scene in where 3PO lets the wampas out of the, the room. Yes, that is the tragedy of Empire, <laughs> is we did not get as many wampas as we could have, for sure. Okay, how about you, Mike? Who's your favorite supporting character in Empire? So this this is kind of a tough one because I I view a lot of the characters in there like Lando and you know Yoda is not supporting characters but right, right. main characters. So I th- I think if I had to pick my favorite supporting character, it would probably be uh, Boba Fett. Um, growing up, he was probably my favorite character. And <clears throat> as you get older and you kind of look back, you know it's just funny how this this icon, you know this this one of the most identifiable characters has not that much to do in this movie or the next movie. You know, he's got, you know, a handful of lines. He just, you know, basically stands around and looks cool as hell. And uh, now 40 years later, you know, Boba Fett is still all over everything. We've got, you know, the reason we have the Mandalorian, the reason, you know, a lot of the content in the clone, like all stems back from just this couple minutes of screen time that this guy had in, in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, for sure. So are you are you like a um, uh, Boba Fett, like a, the mystique of Boba Fett? Is that kind of like... Uh, I think or that, you... that, yeah, because you don't, I mean, you, you don't get anything in these movies about Boba Fett or his background or anything, you know? So the reason that he, for so many years, was this fan favorite is just because he was so mysterious. You didn't know anything about him, you know? Um, he only lasted a, a couple minutes in the net. You know, he was, it was a flash in a pan, but... But, you know, what's behind, who's behind the mask? And, and, you know, he's got all these, you know, trophies on him. You know, I mean, it's, it says a lot visually, you know, there's a, there's a story behind this character and they just don't give you any of that, but it was enough to, you know, keep him going for all these years. Right on. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay. Um, well, my favorite supporting character um, in The Empire Strikes Back is the lead singer of The Police, um, Sting. And uh, <laughs> I <laughs> uh, I think he's the actor who played uh, Maximilian Veers, um, General Veers in, in Empire Strikes Back. Um, but uh, no, uh, Veers. Veers is my favorite. Um, and uh, I, I just like him. And um, I've always appreciated the fact that, you know, uh, in, in those... Um, the ATAT scene on Hoth, you know, he's his commanding presence there, and and the fact that he looks so much like Sting from the police um, endeared me to uh, to Veers there. So I'm I'm a Veers guy. Shout out to Veers Watch. <laughs> yeah, of course. A- episode whatever of Blockade Runner podcast Veers. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's talk about favorite scenes then from uh, from Empire Strikes Back. Um, who wants to kick it off here? Favorite scene? I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I think the opening battle is probably my favorite. Uh, not only just because, you know, you've got AT-ATs and you've got snow speeders and, and, you know, visually a lot different from anything that you got in the, um, 
in the first film, but also just the way that they opened up on this major battle where most films would end on something like that. And then you don't really, the rest of the film is all just exposition. So you get, you get this really cool and different, unique environment battle. And then, then it's over. Yeah. And George has, uh, has often talked, I think about like how, you know, you're, you're taking that final battle from, you know, a Star Wars movie or a movie like this and then sticking it at the front of the movie, which is like an odd or bold choice, I guess. And um, it does speak to like how different Empire is. But uh, yeah, I love the hot scene too. And I, and I love um, the look of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, I mean, it's just cool when you take a, an action scene or like in a video game or whatever, and you like you put it in a snowy location. Like, I love that. I love like the snowy vibe of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like probably the most memorable uh, sequence um, from Empire and it's it's yeah it's it's super cool yeah and I mean just talking about like iconography from Star Wars like you get ATATs there yeah. which um, and I mean this movie is full of you know memorable locations characters visuals etc but I mean I think just like starting off with ATATs is just it's so insane and so cool the stop motion on that was was just really cool yeah and the harpoon thing like that was a pretty clever idea and, and you know something itself that has showed up in like basically every Star Wars video game because it's so fun to like it's fun to watch and then you, you want to do it too you know like it's a cool uh, mechanic or whatever for for gameplay the too. most frustrating thing to get right in those games too is without <laughs> crashing into the legs you know you got luke scaling up and taking down an ad ad just just single-handedly and it, it was just such a cool thing yeah yeah for sure uh ryan how about you favorite scene in empire yeah i mean i'm stealing yours you had it in the notes first <laughs> but i'm still gonna steal it anyway um yeah. dagobah like yeah. i mean i think that's you know, that's the the scene that, you know, I thought was cool as a kid because I thought Yoda was cool and funny. And then that is the scene that just keeps giving over the years with, you know, the what makes Star Wars special, which is like the, you know, the mystical, the philosophical, the, you know, you know, the the deeper deeper thoughts um and yeah just i mean just every moment of how that plays out from like you know how weird it is at the beginning to like how um thoughtful it gets to like how dark and legitimately scary it mm -hmm. gets um you know, it just encompasses so much. And it's just like, it's a conversation with a Muppet. Like, <laughs> it's so, it's so amazing. It should not work. Like, it absolutely should not work. And um, somehow it does like, and it just, and everything weird about it, I think just adds so much more weight to it. Because I think that scene could have been just like, you know, obi-wan telling you know force ghost obi-wan telling luke all that stuff and like that would have been cool that would have been fine but i think it resonates so much because it's so unique and so different and so weird 
that there's just like these layers and layers to peel. If you ask anybody, you know, a, a hardcore Star Wars fan or even just a casual person, you know, about like what they know about the Force, I mean, even after all these years and all these films later, most everyone will give you a line or something out of this film. Mm-hmm. You know, luminous beings, you know, um, surrounds us and penetrates, you know, everything comes from everything that happened on Dagobah. Yeah, for sure. That it re- yeah, it really solidifies like the concept of the Force and, and the philosophy of Star Wars, which you know you touched on, Ryan, and that's why it's like my favorite uh, sequence or or scene in 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 the movie too. Um, the thing is, like I was putting this together and I was thinking about it. It's like most Star Wars movies, or at least a lot of them, have at least like one scene or one kind of sequence or location where I'm like, yeah, you know, that's my least favorite in that movie or whatever, you know, or you know, it doesn't work for me quite as much as the rest of the movie. Like um, most Star Wars movies have that, but I really like there's not a scene in empire that i don't love really there's not like a location or a sequence or anything like i think the movie yeah it just works for me across the board um but you know that being said this is still like my favorite um part of it for sure um yoda and luke on dagobah the training between them and just like the opportunity that provides for uh george to you know kind of put his sort of philosophy um in, in his worldview into the movie. And like, I, I think without this Dagobah stuff um, and without, you know, the, the philosophy of the force and the, the sort of the dogma of the Jedi and, and, and Yoda's perspective and all that kind of stuff, like without those things, I just, I can't imagine that um, Star Wars would have meant as much to me that I would have um, gotten as into Star Wars as I did when I was, I don't know, 13 or 14 or whatever age I was when I got super into it. You know, I think like, this is to me like this sequence is like the emotional kind of core of the original trilogy it's like the the thing that it's it's it like kind of centers the the story and then everything kind of you know um kind of extends from that to me anyways because like this is like the philosophical and and emotional kind of core of this story is like this whole uh, philosophy and this whole like way of looking at things you know and then it informs all the choices that Luke made like I mean, you know, the the sequence with Luke and, and the Emperor and, and Darth Vader and Jedi, the whole, like, I'm a Jedi like my father before me, like, that is probably my favorite moment in the original trilogy, but it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't happen without, like, this sequence and this stuff in, in Empire, you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's super important for that reason. And I also just love, you know, watching it. And I love um, hearing these lines from Yoda and all that kind of stuff. And then... Uh, the other thing about it too is like it, it gives it brings in like the fantasy kind of vibes in a big way too, um, and you know I think the the idea that Star Wars is uh, is as much fantasy as it is like science fiction or whatever is uh, a core part of the recipe that makes it so appealing to me. Um, and you know there's there's a lot in Empire that would fall more squarely into like you know a sci-fi or action kind of like genre or whatever. Um, but this stuff on Dagobah, like not so much, right? I mean, this is like really like could be out of like Lord of the Rings or something more so than, than sci-fi, you know? So it's, it's, uh, another element of it that I really appreciate. It's definitely where the force is built as this mystical energy and not just something that's, you know, a physical ability or, you know, that it's forces touched on in the first movie and, and you see it, but 
it's never really explained or explored or talked about by the characters. It's just something to use. But a lot of that too is because of how fast events in the first movie happen. Now you've had, you know, three years in between and we meet Yoda and he starts to tell, you know, Luke, but the audience, you know, what the force is and without giving too much away, it's, it's still this mystery around it, but um, it definitely puts it more in the realm. Yeah. Like a space fantasy or, you know, space adventure versus just a, your your logical science fiction story yeah yeah for sure and just that everything that we we have you know all those the moments in return of the jedi and on you can't have any of that without all of the yoda and dagobah scenes oh wait but you weapon i mean you no harm i am wondering why are you here? Help you again? Yes? Mm. I'm looking for a great warrior. Oh! <laughs> great warrior? Oh! <laughs> Force not to make one great! <laughs> oh! So, let's jump into then favorite lines from Empire. I think this is a movie with incredible dialogue, so... Um, it is tough to choose like a single line because there's so many great lines in this one. But um, now, what do you guys think? Favorite line from Empire? I'll go first here because mine's like directly from the scene we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite line in uh, Empire Strikes Back, maybe all of Star Wars, is Yoda saying. Um, uh you know luke's luke's talking to him about like how he's looking for a great warrior and yoda says wars not make one great and i think that to me is you know a fundamental part of what makes me love star wars is that um you know there it's you know it's there's stories of conflict, like mass galactic conflict. But then, you know, and we see this in so many different ways. We see it in The Last Jedi. We see it in Clone Wars. Like, but there's also like this, um, you know, when it brings this giant conflict down to outside of like just epic battles to like, you know, basic philosophy around you know, large scale conflict. And, you know, this is, you know, George's worldview, um, you know, coming in, you know, growing up post Vietnam War, um, etc. But I think what is so great about, you know, Yoda's line here is it's something that I don't know, I think, um, it's a reason that I love the prequels so much and, you know, specifically attack of the clones. Cause I think of, you know, Yoda seeing, you know, you know, saying, you know, begun the clone wars has. And then I think about this line <laughs> in this movie and like, you know, yeah. Like you've got like goofy CG Yoda doing backflips all over the place with a lightsaber and, it's like super goofy and everything, but, um, but then you also have this idea of like a, um, you know, someone who was 
who saw just like so much like history of the galaxy and like just knew that like so much of the stuff that was happening was like so wrong and he was like so complicit in all of it and it was like it you know it in the clone wars animated series like it goes in to this as well and um so i think the line works for me just as like you know a commentary on like the human condition um which it was in 1980 but then it also just works for me as like big picture entire you know star wars saga story um like it hits extra hard i think like post prequels yeah and like uh it's it's man it's one of those things that's so great about star wars 2 in that i think it's george like looking at his audience, thinking about the message his movie's going to send, thinking about who the audience is for that movie um, and for that story and thinking like, what do I want to say about, you know, violence? And what do I want to say about uh, aggressiveness and, you know, that kind of thing to like young kids? What do I want to say to these children? And it's like, you know, um, I think a big part of, of, of Star Wars is, um, you know, looking at the audience and, and, or, or encouraging the audience to ask yourself these like introspective questions, you know, and you're watching this story, um, that is challenging its characters to become the best versions of themselves that, that they can be. And, you know, a line like this, like wars not make one great. Um, you know, I agree with you, Ryan. I think it's like, it, it is the movie kind of, um, asking us as an audience to think about those things and, and to question, you know, how do we want to view this stuff and, and, and what's important to us and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, could not really pick a better line than that. And, and, and it's for sure one of the best lines in, in star Wars, no doubt. Um, my, mine is, uh, not as deep. Um, but I just love the moment when, uh, Han Solo is, you know, saying he's going to go out on a Tauntaun and look for Luke Skywalker. And, uh, you know, they tell him your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. And he says, and I'll see you in hell. Um, <laughs> I've always loved that moment. I love that line. And, uh, you know, it is, it's like, it's not as deep, obviously. It's just kind of a fun line um, and great delivery. As we were talking about earlier, that's like a line that it has that like cheesy kind of like, I think like classic Hollywood kind of melodramatic vibe to it, um, which is again, like I think a quality of the dialogue in Empire, but it's also something that um, like, you know, Mike, you pointed out earlier, uh, it could go wrong, right? Like, you know, if it's not um, in the hands of a great actor. And I think this is one of those lines, like on paper, it's a cool moment and it's a good line, but you know, um, it's, it's Harrison Ford's performance that really kind of brings out the best in it. And then also, I just love like the, I don't know, the kind of like camaraderie and sense of loyalty and dedication um, that it you know, communicates between, between Han and Luke and, um, in A New Hope, Han is like the scoundrel. And of course he comes back at the end and, and saves the day. But, uh, I think it just establishes early on in this movie, like, you know, he's dedicated to his friends, you know, he's somebody who will, will risk, um, and sacrifice to, to help his friends. And so I love that moment. I love that line. I think living in the Midwest and, and Chicagoland specifically, not a winter goes by that I don't get to use that in conversation. So, <laughs> yeah, right on. Um, so, what about you, Mike? What's a, what's a favorite line from from Empire? Uh, favorite line, um, I think, is <clears throat> behind Luke. Lando is my favorite character, and uh, I like the line where when Vader 
alters the deal and, and uh, says that uh, uh, he he wants Leia on his ship. You know, Lando says, uh, you know, that was never part of the deal, nor was giving Han to the bounty hunter. And I think that um, that's your first sign in that movie that, you know, Lando got looked at as, you know, the the betrayer. But I think you see there in that line that he's, you know, he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. And he's, he's making this, you know, it, it's not a a mutual arrangement. I mean, he doesn't have the leverage that the Empire does. So he's making this hard decision, but he had made it because even though the agreement was to give Luke, you know, that was someone he didn't know. Han, he knew, um, you know, and then by proxy, Leia and Chewie and that, you know, so he was looking at, at still protecting them and, and yeah, throwing Luke under the bus. But, you know, in his mind at the time, he doesn't know Luke. That's, that's a stranger to him. So I think that there you start to see that he's not this bad guy. He was just put in, in a difficult position. So um, I think that that's some almost like foreshadowing that Lando's not a bad guy. He's just, you know, he, he made a, he made a decision with a blaster to his head essentially. So. Um, yeah, for sure. And like, I, I was, when I was watching the movie yesterday, I was thinking about the fact that so many movies so many stories have a similar kind of uh character and arc like lando has in this movie you know like you almost expect it sometimes going into a movie like well i've just been introduced to this character it seems like they're on one side but you know i have the feeling this is the character that's going to switch right i remember um there was a lot of that with uh with haldo in in the last jedi um and the last jedi as it does often and i think very well like toys with your expectations and in, in, in you know that way and in a lot of ways but like it was one of the things where like oh is she you know what's going to happen with this character um but like i, I guess the, the point i'm trying to make here is that so often you can kind of telegraph it or you can see it coming and it's just not that surprising or it just is not that smooth and when i was watching empire yesterday i was like the way they kind of take uh the character of lando through this journey in the movie and the way like the audience goes along with that um, is done so well. I love it because uh, you're right. You know, you meet him and, and, and there's this comp that there's all this discussion between Han and Leia, like, should we trust him? Do we trust him? And it is kind of telling you like, eh, you know, maybe watch out. This guy might, you know, not be what we think he's going to be. Um, and then he turns on them or ostensibly or whatever, you know, and then, but the way he kind of comes back from that, there's so much humanity in it. And it's just like, it's just believable. Like it doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel like, cause so much, so, so often that stuff feels like a swerve, right? Like, gotcha. You know what I mean? Like you didn't expect right. it. And now it's like, a, it's a, you know, M night Shyamalan like twist, you know, here's the twist. Lando's actually good. Um, but it doesn't feel that way at all. It just feels like, uh, complicated and, uh, very, you know, human. And, um, and, and yeah, you, you just sympathize with him and you understand why he made the choice he did. And even though at first it seems like his choice was just to look out for himself, it's really a lot more complicated than that. And uh, again, like, man, Billy D uh, makes that work, right? I mean, the story is well-written and the dialogue's well-written, but like that performance from Billy D really makes that work and it's awesome. And I think like you had said with, with Haldo, you know, it's, it's the writing of that character that was believable. And with Haldo, it's almost like in, in one of, in the best possible way, you know, it does mirror Lando from Empire Strikes Back in that middle, middle part of a trilogy where you meet this character that you don't know, it's a complete stranger. And the writing as well, that you're meant to not trust those people. Um, but then when they do reveal that, you know, 
it, it, it isn't like a cheap gotcha or, a, you know, it, it makes sense the way it happened. So it's the same thing in Empire. You know, you, you believe that, no, Lando's a good guy. Like he's, you, you can trust him, even though, you know, what you're seeing on, on screen is unfolding. You still trust and believe that character. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, you said that Lando is your second favorite character in all of Star Wars. Uh, I'm almost nervous to ask, but um, did you uh, enjoy uh, Lando, his return in Rise of Skywalker? And uh, how was that for you as a, as a huge Lando guy? That was that was awesome. I, my, my only complaint is that we didn't get more. You know, Lando is just, you know, I suppose that in the years between these trilogies is, is Billy D is a very, like, vibrant character billy d you know and not lando that by the time you see him in the rise of skywalker it it's almost hard to see him as lando and yet you know like and not see him as billy d this guy who's been in you know robot chicken and and you know um but i i thought it was it was really cool to see him in the rise of skywalker and i think they used him you know, he, he had a very important role and it was still pretty small, you know, but I think they peppered him in nicely. You know, I, I would have, of course, liked more, but I think that they, they didn't underuse him, I guess. Yeah. And there's the argument to be made too, that it would have been nice to see him in all three movies, which, uh, I think is true. I think that's true. But then at the same time, it's like, it is nice when there's something left to be kind of like, um, a fun return, you know, in that last movie. Because if you just brought every character from the original trilogy back right away, um, then they're all there the whole time. And then, you know, you don't have that like pop in the last movie where it's like, oh my God, Lando's back, you know? So that's, that is nice. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what about, uh, man, I just realized too, like uh, they're solo as well with Lando, you know, tons of Lando there. Um, I personally love Donald Glover's Lando and solo. Um, how about you, Mike? I thought I thought Donald Glover did an amazing job. I uh, both you know the the chemistry between him and Alden was great, and there there's the other tragedy is that you know as we're recording this you know it's it's uh, make Solo two happen days that um, it would just be a shame if we don't get any more of that. Yeah, I I agree. He's so good as Lando that I I would love to see him play that character again just in some capacity you know it doesn't necessarily need to be solo too for me uh i don't have that i would be down for that as well but yeah i just love to see lando back um donald glover's lando back um, let's have a, a calrissian adventures on on disney plus oh you know? my god the calrissian chronicles right yeah. like that would be amazing some mind yeah. harps <laughs> go, would... go crazy and old school with it you know yeah oh i would love that he just he that. he nailed that vibe down pretty good in that in that movie so yeah yeah i think so i think uh alden as well alden was great too so um you know i know opinions vary about the movie overall but i think like those two performances were great so um all right uh well okay i don't know if you guys have a favorite piece of empire merch um uh, or if you're, you know, well, Ryan, I know you're a pretty big merch guy, so you might. Um, I'm a pretty big merch guy. I'm sitting in a room full of Star Wars crap. Uh, so um, I thought it'd be fun to maybe to, to consider if we have a favorite piece of Empire merchandise. My, my favorite piece of Empire merch is uh, the, it's probably the oldest item I have. I think I ordered it out of Star Wars Insider in, 
had to be like maybe 96 or 97. It's uh, the company's applause and it's this green marble, maybe jade um, little mini statue of, uh, it has uh, Bosk, Zuckus and Boba Fett. And uh, it's numbered. I think there was, I don't have it right next to me, but I think there was like 3,000 pieces made. And uh, I think that's that's my favorite piece of merch only because, like I said, it's it's the oldest piece that I still have um, from back then. Nice. Yeah, I, lo- I love that uh, that applause stuff from the 90s. Um, <laughs> they, they did some good Shadows of the Empire gear around that time as well. So the applause brand and great Phantom Menace uh, stuff too. So. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Favorite, favorite empire merch? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, and I don't think I really own that much from like when empire was like actually in the theaters, like stuff you could buy off the shelf. Like I have a few, um, old Kenner figures. Um, but none of those really have like much, you know, meaning to me. Cause like, you know, they, uh, that wasn't really my era. Um, yeah. So I think like I and I have some comics, um, but I don't think any, um, you know, none of that stuff there. And there hasn't really been any like, I mean, I would love to own like a, a Kenner, one of those original AT-ATs, um, like the ones that they gave Ryan Johnson on the Star Wars show um, yeah. in that original packaging. But I think as far as, like, you know, Empire-inspired merchandise that has come out more recently, um, I what comes to mind is, um, you know, I had a bunch of my Hasbro Star Wars figures um, still in the packages um, for whatever reason. Um, and then, like, over, over quarantine, I've started just, like, you know, opening them up and taking them out of the packages and stuff. And one of the things I took, um, I recently took out was the, um, the three pack that was released, I don't know, a year, two years ago. That was the the cave scene on Dagobah three pack, um, Uh with, uh, you know, (laughs) air quotes, Vader, um, Luke and Yoda and the Luke and Yoda combination is awesome. Like, I don't know why, like, I thought the package looked cool, but, like, these figures look so much better to take them out of the packages because you can put Yoda in the in the backpack and have, like, Luke holding on to, you know, the handles on it. Um, but then, like, the Vader figure, like, it looks just like another Vader figure in the package, but then you take the figure out and you can take off part of his mask and it has like Luke's face in it. Oh and, wow! Yeah, and I didn't even realize that. And this, <laughs> like, I had this figure like sitting in a box like for, you know, for two years, and then I finally took it out, and I was like, oh wait, this is really awesome. And um, and I love, you know, again, I just I love that cave scene so so much. Um, talk about like other great lines from Empire Strikes Back, like you know, the stuff about, oh, you won't need your weapons. Your weapons won't help you there. And like, you know, only what you take with you, like, like all of that. I mean, it's so good. And like, that's such a powerful scene. And then to like have it in like, you know, approximated in a, in a figure form is really cool. 
<laughs> so my favorite piece of, uh, of Empire merch, then I, I'm going to go with um, the Burger King glasses um, that came out um, at the time. And, you know, Ryan, uh, like you or like all of us, really, I wasn't even born when Empire Strikes Back came out. So it's not like I was collecting these at the time. Um, but these are the kinds of things like I would see them in antique shops all the time growing up. And uh, they were very like uh, available. They were around a bunch. So um yeah, I, I love these. And uh, I have I only have two of them right now. I have a Lando uh, Cloud City and uh, well, Leia's on it, Lando, Leia, and Han, but the Cloud City one, and then also uh, Luke and Yoda on Dagobah. So, you know, favorite scene, obviously, as we talked about earlier, and these glasses are just super cool. So, um, yeah, those that, that's my favorite Empire collectible, I think. Um, all right, so as we kind of uh, move towards the end of the conversation here. We're going to bring it back around to sort of uh, looking at the movie uh, from a more zoomed out perspective. Is this the best Star Wars movie or is it your favorite Star Wars movie? Um, Mike, what do you think? Is it your favorite Star Wars movie? Is it the best Star Wars movie? It is. It's not my favorite Star Wars movie, I think, only because my, my favorite just happens to be the original because it's the first one I saw. Um, you know, on, on the, the meta level, you know, everything that we have was kicked off from that first movie. Um, I think it's, it's probably the one I put on the most just because it's more lighthearted. It's more energetic, you know? Um, but I don't think that you can argue that empire is not the, the best star Wars movie in. And I, I think I've made this comment on Twitter the other day is that any, in any, um, way you would critique films, you know, uh, character progression, um, cinematography, you know, I think Empire has that above any of the other Star Wars movies. Um, I, I think that's what makes it the, the best because it goes that much deeper than, than the other movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I think it is my favorite Star Wars movie and I definitely think it's the best Star Wars movie, but, um, it's one of those things where it's like uh, in the, in, you know, the, the last Jedi came out. And I think that in a lot of ways, last Jedi is like um, it, it gives empire a run for its money in terms of like the quality of the filmmaking and the quality of the writing and, you know, just the execution of the whole thing. Um, but to me, like when I think of the empire strikes back and I just rewatched it yesterday, like I've said a few times here, sorry to be repetitive, but I've, I just watched it yesterday. And it's like, as I was watching it, I just kept thinking to myself, like, this is perfect. Like I love every moment. I love every scene. There's nothing in it where I'm like, I think they should, you know, they could have changed that. Or that could have been better. Um, I just, I, I love the movie from beginning to end. Uh, I think that the performances are the best of the original trilogy for sure. And, you know, essentially the best of the saga. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just fantastic filmmaking and, and, uh, and, and for that reason, I think it is the best Star Wars movie and, and it's got to be my favorite as well. So, um, and I mean, just like the Yoda and Luke Dagobah training stuff alone, that, you know, I was talking about earlier. It's like, that's my favorite stuff in Star Wars right there. And it's in the best made Star Wars movie. So it's, I have to say yes to both of those questions, but I'm curious, Ryan, where you land on that. Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, but I mean, it's really hard to argue against it being the best, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially considering the time it was made, the expectations for it. Um, it's definitely the most impactful 
Star Wars movie, mostly in good ways, in a few bad ways. Um, it's probably the most iconic Star Wars movie. Um, again, mostly in good ways. Uh, but I think like when, and it's, it's so hard. Like I, you know, it's, it's fun to rank Star Wars movies. It's also incredibly miserable to (laughs) rank Star Wars movies and to like see other people's list and see people reacting to your list or whatever. But like just coming at you know star wars from like my personal perspective what i want not just out of star wars but out of like entertainment art media etc um i think you know empire strikes back gives me a whole lot of what i want out of you know genre entertainment um and then you know you kind of you kind of mentioned it john but i think you know the last jedi also did that for me and you know it's it's so hard to like it's still like way too soon to like i I feel like to have like a definitive opinion on like the last jedi um or any of the the disney era movies at this point um because i think you know time will tell on those but i when i think of like what i want out of star wars is like you know i want um you know, I want drama. I want the characters and the audience to be challenged. I want, you know, like crazy, you know, ancient philosophy. Um, I want like just cool visual design. Like I want good cinematography. Like I want great use of music. Like, and I feel like all of those things that I feel the, the last Jedi you know, succeeded in. Um, I I feel like, you know, I mean, kind of Empire did it first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it's also different because like, I wasn't born when Empire Strikes Back hit theaters. And like Mike was saying earlier, like it's just so ubiquitous. Like the original trilogy is just like, you know, it's the original trilogy. I don't even think it was until like that scene in like Clerks, in like 1994 or whatever that like I even realized that people had different opinions about which Star Wars movie was better because it was always <laughs> just Star Wars to me and um and so like I I just I can't imagine like growing up with um you know the experience of um you know seeing seeing a new hope and then like anxiously anticipating empire strikes back and then like you know how i would have felt about it like who knows like maybe you know i would have seen it and like hated it or something um because like this isn't star wars this isn't right um it's a good thing twitter wasn't around back then oh god (laughs) (laughs) or the internet i mean in general um but uh but yeah but like i was able to you know come out of the theater after last jedi and like you know, just like, you know, as an adult and being able to like process all of like what went on there on like a very, you know, I guess like intellectual um, level. Whereas like I never had the opportunity to do that with Empire Strikes Back. And, you know, and that's, <laughs> you know, the way time works. Um, you can't, you can't change that. Um, but I've, I wonder how I would 
um, would have felt about it at the time. It's interesting too that because Empire is still widely held as, as the best Star Wars movie by, by so many that um, where I see a lot of uh, parallels in a good way in The Last Jedi, that, that is, even though I still believe it's a, it's a very loud minority, that The Last Jedi is not necessarily the most hated film, but the most controversial film when it's, it's very much in line with what everyone agrees almost is the best Star Wars film. Yeah, like it makes so many similar choices. It has so many similar qualities. Uh, it's a, it's a, yeah, uh, a similar kind of middle chapter. Because I was just thinking as Ryan was talking there about like how uh, Empire and Last Jedi they both do uh, accomplish a lot of the same things, and they they take a similar kind of uh, approach towards telling the middle chapter of a story. But I feel like Attack of the Clones is the outlier there. Like it really is a pretty different kind of movie, you know, um, than, than Empire and Last Jedi, which is fine. Like it doesn't have to be the same thing as those two. But uh, but yeah, it's just funny that, that you know, like you're saying, Michael, The Last Jedi, is, it's, a, it's definitely like a spiritual kind of companion to The Empire Strikes Back. Um, and yet, yeah, reactions I think are different. It's hard to know kind of, I mean, I guess, you know, through research and stuff, you can kind of tell, but you know, without having been around to watch the reaction to the empire strikes back and without the internet and Twitter and all that stuff. And uh, I don't feel like people, you know, based their entire personality around like loving or hating certain things back then, like we do now, but, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just wild how divisive the reaction is to the last Jedi when, um, yeah, it does seem like in so many ways, uh, it, it shares a lot of the qualities that, that the empire strikes back, uh, is celebrated for. So Ryan, you had said um, that Empire and the impact in, in a lot of posi- positive ways, but in, in some negative ways. I'm just curious as to what um, what negative impacts you think may have came from Empire. Yeah, so I, th- I think of in a lot of ways, like I think of Empire Strikes Back as like, you know, like, like a, a quote unquote classic rock band, um, where, it, where it just like, you know like the a certain generation of people saw it and love it and uh you know it it kind of got defined that like no this is this is the best one and it was just it's been so reinforced um because like the people with the voices at you know the time were able to like reinforce it like it's like saying like you know, Led Zeppelin is the best rock band ever. And it's like, yeah, it was like definitely impact. They were definitely impactful, but were they? Um, And I think like it's, it's led to a lot of dismissiveness about, you know, other people who find value in other areas of Star Wars. Um, Because like, you know, there's this, as we all know, there's like this younger generation of fans and like some of them are like, yeah, like Phantom Menace is my favorite Star Wars movie. And like and that's like heresy to like an older generation of fans. Like no, it has to be Empire. Like it has to be the original trilogy. And I think even in on like the creative side of Star Wars and I think like even maybe in some ways like Lucas is a little guilty of this too. Like over the years like you know, because it got so established as, like, this is the pinnacle of Star Wars, like, so much stuff has tried to, 
you know, pull from it in later years. Um, I mean, even like, you know, Django Fett and Attack of the Clones and like Boba being in there and stuff like, you know, that's like a direct result of like the the pedestal that stuff from Empire Strikes Back has been placed on. And I think like it's it's kind of been damaging um, in a lot of ways. And I think it like also it kind of in weird ways hurt the last Jedi, whereas like people are like, you know, oh, this is going to be the Empire Strikes Back of this trilogy. And, you know, I and like John was saying, like Last Jedi nails a lot of the more abstract of um, Empire Strikes Back, but it doesn't follow it beat by beat in in like the same sense that like arguably Force Awakens follows a lot of the the beats of A New Hope mm-hmm. a lot more. Um, like it didn't really do that. And I think also like, um, you know, the, the middle chapter thing, like attack of the clones, very different movie than empire strikes back, but it had the, it had the expectations of being, you know, the next empire strikes back. And I think like, there's just, there's stuff in empire strikes back that people have, you know, and no judgment here, but there's stuff that people have just not been able to let go of. And so they just keep like going back to that empire strikes back. Well, like we see this with like the comic books and the figures being released. And I think like people tend to forget, like the reason empire strikes back is so loved is not because it, you know, was pulling from, something that had come previously it was because it was so new and fresh and different and that's the reason why people love empire strikes back and just like you know pulling and cloning from empire strikes back is never you know you're never going to be able to get like that same feeling again but again like i feel like ryan johnson came close with last jedi (laughs) Yeah, that's really well said. It it gets used as a as a bar, um, which is unfair. You, you know, by both not just the fans, but by the creatives. You know, the fans are expecting a certain amount. You know, from like you said, Attack of the Clones or the Last Jedi, is that hey, this is going to be this trilogy's empire, and you can't recapture that. You know, the the first film, but the first trilogy as a whole is is almost like lightning in a bottle. And you, you can build on, on things that came out of those, but you can't recreate those. And I think that it would be a mistake for writers and directors to attempt to recreate it. And it's unfair for the fans to sit back and expect, well, this, this movie should just, it should be a carbon copy of this one, or it should make me feel the same, you know, cause that's the other thing too, is, is people, you know, I, I, was born i didn't see any of the the original films in the theater you know i saw them on vhs in i think 91 and um but now by the time the prequels came out and the sequel you know i've got 20 years or so of emotional attachment to these movies and another film is not going to come out and replace that um you know you had said too that uh you know 
these these Star Wars rankings have ended friendships and, and relationships and and you know um, I don't ever really get into that either you know I, I think my favorite I someone else said this but you know my favorite Star Wars movie is the one that I'm watching at the time you know it's like it's like pizza even when it's it's you know bad pizza it's still pizza so um, <laughs> it's a good philosophy that's a yeah. healthy philosophy <laughs> no it's, it's Star Wars no it's not the but but it's it's still Star Wars you know so yeah. um, but I think that. I, I could never see, you know, when, when these new movies, the sequel trilogy was coming out and even seeing longtime fans, uh, you know, rank these movies, you know, for me, I can't separate the original three films as films from the now two plus decades of nostalgia and emotional attachment I have to these films, you know, and I tried to go into the sequel trilogy, not holding on to that, that that baggage. I didn't want to say, okay, well, these films are going to be, you know, they're going to make me feel the same as the original films made me feel. And, you know, I think that you won't be let down if you don't, I mean, it's impossible to go into these new films with expectations. Everyone, you know, has an expectation to watch a a movie they're going to love and, you know, but there needs to be some limit on that. So I see your point is that it gets used as this bar and nothing will ever come close to that so the sooner you just kind of let that go you know the the better off you'll be yeah and uh ryan you you also brought up like the idea of of the force awakens being kind of a you know a very um being very faithful to the format and the kind of style and stuff of a new hope and i think that's true um in and you know i love the force awakens i'm yeah i love the force awakens a ton but you know it's it's it definitely is like, hey, we want to, you know, kind of update what a new hope is for, you know, this decade and this next generation or whatever. But we're we're going to stick close to that and we're going to really kind of recreate it in a lot of ways, you know. Um, and and the thing with Empire and and also the Last Jedi is, you know, Empire is like responding to a new hope by being like, well, what can I add to this? How can how can we expand this? Like, what can we do? You know, how can how can we take this further um, rather? And that's why I think it works as a sequel in, 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 you know, it's so critical that it did work as a sequel because it kept the saga going and it turned it into, you know, this larger thing. Um, but like with The Last Jedi, I feel like it's, I guess with Force Awakens, you have somebody saying, hey, I want to do what that other movie did, you know? And I think with The Last Jedi, you have someone saying, I want to approach this problem or this creative challenge. I want to approach this from a similar perspective and with a similar mindset to what empire did not let me beat for beat kind of recreate empire. Cause it is a pretty different story and it's not just like following the pattern of empire, but I feel like, uh, creatively it's coming from a, 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 a similar starting point of looking at the challenge of how do you follow up a movie, um, and make it something new, but also continue that previous story, surprise people, you know, challenge people, do things that are interesting, compelling, um, you know, so I think it's, it's less that like, oh, The Last Jedi is a movie like The Empire Strikes Back, or it, it tells a similar story to The Empire Strikes Back as it is, you know, George Lucas, Irving Kirshner, Lee Brackett, Lawrence Kasdan, the people, you know, putting that movie together, The Empire Strikes Back, were thinking about how do I follow up one movie with another in a similar way that Ryan Johnson was thinking about how do I follow up The Force Awakens? Um, and so, you know, I think that's why Empire is so uh, successful and, and, you know, the same for The Last Jedi. 
yeah, I think a good testament for me is is with the Last Jedi is that even even while I don't necessarily a hundred percent agree with every story choice that was made, it still ends up being my favorite out of the sequel trilogy because of you know how much it added off that first film, how much it it didn't do what you expected, it did something different, and it built on a lot of stuff from The Force Awakens. You know, it like you said. John, it, it was that spiritual successor. It wasn't a carbon copy of Empire Strikes Back, but it it went out to not be Empire Strikes Back, but to accomplish what Empire did for the original trilogy. It wanted to yeah. add into the story. You know, and it, it's going to be really interesting, and I don't know if we'll ever really get the full story, but, you know, now there's there's all this talk with the Rise of Skywalker and how the the controversy from The Last Jedi you know, cause Disney to course correct or, you know, and, and you got two different extremes to that story. And I would just love to know whether or not, you know, The Last Jedi was the, whether that was in the whole plan or not, or if Ryan Johnson really did go out on a limb and swerve, you know, I, I tend to think that it, it was part of the plan because, you know, before The Last Jedi came out, um, Ryan was awarded his own trilogy and you had people from Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy a month before, you know, it premiered just, you know, tout how great and amazing this film was. And it wasn't until afterwards that, you know, Ryan's trilogy was up in the air all of a sudden and it wasn't set in stone and, and it, you know, it did almost seem like they responded to the backlash more going forward from there. But, you know, I, I don't think we'll ever really know. Yeah, that, that, uh, <laughs> it's certainly compelling. Uh, and it's like, I would love to know those things. Um, no, no and- Rinsler books on, on this trilogy, <laughs> which is a shame because those were, I mean, those set the bar. No, no Rensler books, but I got to give a shout out to, um, you know, friend of the show um, and, and fantastic Star Wars podcast force material just this morning in my in my feed, my podcast feed. Um, you popped up their newest episode, which is an interview with uh, Phil Shostak, um, yeah. who, you know, is pretty much like the closest we're getting um, to a making of book and, and, and does kind of tell a lot of the story of the making of these movies. Um, and that's something that comes up in that interview with, with um, Phil Shostak is like a little bit on how much of a plan was there and, you know, who, who, who kind of laid the groundwork when and where. And uh, yeah, I would say I, I will link to that episode as well, but definitely um, I would recommend checking that out because he's, he's uh, he's got some great answers to those questions and, and pretty illuminating. Um, but of course there's only so much he can say too, and only so much he would probably feel comfortable or want to say about all that. But, uh, but yeah, um, it, it's really interesting. Um, and, and yeah, I think obviously as, as the years goes on, we'll, we'll learn a little more about that and probably like bits and pieces and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, definitely. They took a different approach to the sequel trilogy as far as, as that kind of thing goes, I think, um, in comparison to like, you know, one guy being in charge and, and making most of the creative decisions with uh, the first two trilogies. Um, so, Ryan, uh, what else on the legacy of Empire Strikes Back as we uh, as we wrap up the combo here? Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of demonstrating the legacy of Empire Strikes Back right now in like that conversation we just had. 
Um, I think those are going to be the conversations that, you know, people are going to continue to have over the years. Um, I think, you know, that is, like Mike said, that's kind of the bar. Um, and I think it it might be an impossible bar. I don't know if, um, you know, if, a, if another Star Wars film or, I mean, even another sequel to any blockbuster could ever really do what Empire did again. Because I think, um, you know, when just trying to go back and like put, put myself in the mindset of, you know, people who had seen a new hope and were waiting for what comes next. Like we got like a possible future um, with splinter of the mind's eye the 1978 novel that was, uh, you know, going to be the, you know, the, the sequel to a new hope. And like, and that book is fine. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it's a little bit, uh, swashbuckling. There's like, you know, this is Luke Skywalker going to get the girl, um stuff in there and but like it's just it's just kind of fine and i think that was like one potential sequel to a new hope we could have gotten and i think if that would have happened we would have still gotten return of the jedi and maybe return of the jedi would have been like you know more or whatever came next would be like more expected more predictable more you know locked in that in that genre of like, you know, swashbuckling space fantasy. Um, but I think we got Empire Strikes Back and that challenged and deepened what Star Wars was to a point that like Star Wars didn't go away. And mm. I think um, because there was so much there that like it's again it's not just about like the the a-wings and the at-ats like those are all cool but like there's something else there that makes it you know makes it last and resonate with people and i think you know i we're never going to be able to get that experience again like that's just that's not going to happen it's not even possible with the with the amount of like media that's been released you know since since empire strikes back and like sequels and every you know everything's a cinematic universe now um everything's connected and you know it's um like because like the blockbuster film industry is so you know traditionally safe um mm. like it it plays it very safe because these movies cost millions hundreds of millions of dollars to make at this point they cost like the the gdp of like a small country to make like a marvel movie and like well so we'll never get that again but i do think the what I want the legacy of Empire to do is to continue to inspire creators within Star Wars to, you know, add that extra layer of depth, you know, go a little bit deeper, do something that the audience won't expect, do something the audience won't like, 
but then maybe they start to come around to it over the years um like defy expectations like that's what i want the legacy of empire to be because you know if it once stuff starts getting predictable then you know people are just gonna lose interest and like we have star wars is fairly healthy right now but i think it's you know it's always at the risk of going away again and i think the way that you keep people interested is by not giving them exactly what they want or exactly what they expect like that's and i think that's what empire did was it didn't give people exactly what they wanted or expected but then you know afterwards and after some time passed people were like okay that's you know that's actually really cool (laughs) you know in hindsight splinter of the mind's eye is a really cool and unique example of being able to hold up you know a version of what the fans would probably expect the sequel to star wars to be and then what we actually got with the empire strikes back and what you know the director and george lucas wanted it to be and i think that you know, now as, you know, we're only a couple years out from The Last Jedi, but I think that as these those films age, and The Last Jedi especially, um, I think that the appreciation for the bold choices that were made in that movie will age better and only emphasize how unique The Empire Strikes Back was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, the, the legacy of The Empire Strikes Back is, you know, like, it, most simply put, it's like, um, the legacy of Empire Strikes Back is that like Star Wars exists still because of Empire Strikes Back, you know, because if it was a lesser um, movie in response to the original Star Wars, then I just I don't think that it would have blossomed and, and developed into what it is at this point. Um, and, you know, it's like I feel like, you know, when your favorite band puts out an album like, oh, my God, like the killer album, like so good, like the best album they've ever made. And it just, you know, is this moment and this amazing achievement. I always expect like the next one, I'm going to like it, but I'm not going to like it as much, you know? And that's mm-hmm. usually what happens. But every once in a while, like a band will put out an album and it's amazing. And then the follow-up is like just as good or even better, you know, uh, or sometimes better, like more um, ambitious and is somehow able to like be uh, not just a, a repeat of that first amazing album, but like to incorporate the great things about that, but then take it farther, expand it, develop it further, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and that's, it's like really rare that, that that's, you know, that an artist or whatever is able to accomplish that. But I think that's totally what happened with, uh, with empire. Um, Ryan, we were just texting the other day about, uh, I loved the the Halloween movie from 2018. And, uh, you know, the, the sequel to that is coming out later this year. And, uh, I expect it to be good, but like, I'm, like I was just saying, like, I, I don't expect to like it or to be as, you know, blown away by it as I was the, the 2018 movie. Um, and that's okay. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. I will still like it, even if I don't like it as much as that one. But um, if it can do that rare thing where it's like, oh my God, it's even better. Or, you know, like, um, that would be, that would be amazing. I think that's what Empire did, you know, it was, um, yeah, it, it just, as you, as we've all kind of been talking about and, and kind of already stated here, but uh, it, it was just able to, to kind of um, be even better than the original. And, and as a result, I think, you know, we, Star Wars became what it became. Aesthetically, it's a very different movie. It's a much more dramatic film, and it's much more of a tragedy, which is a large shift. 
It's still got a lot of humor in it, got its funny moments, but essentially its story is developing and therefore the characters are becoming more serious. It's much more of a fantasy than it is a science fiction film, which is done really to give it the more fairy tale-like, make-believe quality. Let me tell you about the malfunctioning of the so-and-so. Who cares about the malfunctioning? Does she love him or doesn't she? Is the bad guy going to win this time? It's fantasy, you know. There, there's, it's unlimited the possibilities of what they can do. A simple story of good and evil, almost a morality play. So it's full of uh, what I call goodies. All right, so uh, that was our that was our look back at uh, at the Empire Strikes Back and, and the legacy of the Empire Strikes Back and some of our favorite components of uh, of this favorite or almost favorite Star Wars movie. So um, thanks very much for, for listening. Um, if you want to follow the show, uh, we are online at blockaderunnerpodcast.com or on Twitter at Blockade Run. Uh, you can email the show uh, blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Ryan, you uh, have changed your Twitter handle, so you got to share your new Twitter handle here. I did. I finally got rid of that like awful, like just weird, maybe kind of problematic uh, (laughs) (laughs) handle from before that like evoked all kinds of stuff that like had nothing to do with uh, um, what it actually was, which was a stupid joke. Um, But now I do have a new Twitter handle. It is um, Vaya Malay, V-A-Y-A-M-A-L-A-Y. Okay. Um, should I? Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, I don't know what that is a reference to, but maybe it's best to keep it a mystery. Probably. It's okay. lame. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> As with most things I do, it's really lame. So the yeah. mystery is probably cooler. It's it's the Boba Fett of Twitter <laughs> handles. Like Ooh. if I explained it to you, it would just be like, Dad, Tonway is here. <laughs> and then you're like, oh. That's, that's just to keep it under it. the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> if we ever do a, a, an episode like this about Attack of the Clones, um, my favorite line is going to be, uh, Dad, tell me he's here. Uh, I love that one. Of course. Um, well, there's some zingers. Oh, you know, boy. Boy, are there ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, Mike, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Uh, it was a blast to yeah, have well, you on. Yeah, Yeah. Um, did you want to share your Twitter handle? If uh, uh, Yeah, I'm uh, SkyMauler on Twitter. All right, cool. And and uh, Mike is is very active uh, on Twitter, and uh, definitely a good follow if you're uh, if you're into this whole Star Wars thing as we are. Probably so. too active. <laughs> yeah, I that was feel probably... that. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, yeah. So uh, thanks again for for listening. Thank you, Mike, uh, for coming on the show, and um, we'll be back soon with another episode of the Blockade Runner Podcast. Bye.